welcome to this episode of the MPFT podcast. I'm Lise Edwards. I'm the Head of Operations for the Children and Families Care Group. And I'm joined today by two guests. And we're going to talk to you about something called Who Shoes and why we're using it in the Children and Families Care Group and how you can get involved. So I'm delighted today to be joined by Jill Phillips, who's the owner and founder of Who Shoes, and Rachel Crook, one of the professional leads in the Children and Families Care Group. And we're working together on this project. So Jill, let me let you introduce yourself. So I'm the creator of Who Shoes. I could say it's a board game, but it's more than that. It's an approach, really. It's a concept about bringing people together as equals to have conversations that matter. So how did all this come about? Do you want to know about that, Lise? Yeah, that'd be great. Tell us, how did you get this idea? Where did it come from? Well, really, the idea of getting people in the room together, I think I really believe in that anyway, and I've got a grassroots approach. I think I believe that the real answers are from the people who work in a service or from the families, and I think that's part of my DNA, really. But where the idea actually came from was before I jumped ship and set up my own little company with Who's Shoes, I worked for 30 years, I can't believe it now, in social care. And towards the end of my time in my sort of day job, if you like, I became really passionate about person-centred approaches, personalisation. But I became frustrated because I felt it was a buzzword. I felt that people were banding it around and that we were all meant to be doing this new personalisation, but nobody knew what it was. And that was like the elephant in the room. And the more I talked to different people, I found out what mattered to different people. So, for example, if you were in a care home, then what would person-centred approaches mean to you? And you'd have the care home manager's perspective because actually they've got to run a service that works. You'd have the staff that work there and you want them to be fired up to come to work and enjoy their job. Obviously, you've got the families You've got the people living, it's their home in that place. And how does it work for people, for example, to have choice? Because it's very easy to say everyone must have choice. And we started to kind of tease through what that meant in an actual situation and how difficult it was. Can people choose exactly what meals they want, when they want? But somebody's got to order that food in advance. It can't be as casual as it could be perhaps in your own small house with a few people in it. So that was the kind of thinking behind Who Shoes. And obviously it was quite a big story at the time, but I started to research and see how many different perspectives there were and how amazing it would be to bring those actual people together to talk about it and see what was realistic and what they could do together. And... Basically, I, I had no idea how to create a board game. And then Coventry University came on board. Very, very entrepreneurial, very helpful. And doors open. And I believe that, that if you're kind of passionate about something, you don't need to know exactly how. You just need to know what you want to do. And it kind of happened from there, if you like. And then over the years, it's morphed through. It's exactly the same tool. It's a board game that looks at things from different perspectives, but we did some work around dementia care and, and maternity and children's. We did some quite early work around children and families. And it hasn't been at all a linear path, as you can imagine. But the key thing for me, I think, has just been finding the right people, 
the right connections who really want to make change and don't want too much process and stuff and bureaucracy along the way because I haven't really got time for that. So that's it kind of like in a nutshell what we've been up to. And there's so many different areas you've applied who's shoes to, haven't you? And I'm really curious, Jill, what have you found it enables and you've touched on it a little bit, but all of these workshops you've done, like what would you say has been the standout features of them? What's made the difference from perhaps more traditional ways of working? I think just people. If you bring people together, they can be scared for whatever reason. I think as soon as they feel valued and that they feel listened to and that what they say is going to make a difference and that they can be part of that difference rather than just going away and never hearing anything again. So a lot of the success in a way has been around the people running the sessions as you guys are in in your own particular organisation and not seeing it as a tick box and not seeing it as, right, we've had our Who's Shoes workshop now, but to kind of like embed it into the day-to-day thinking. The thinking being the Who's Shoes approach is that we don't wait for permission. I say to people at an event, you've come along today, not just because you're generally keen to improve things, but you individually, I haven't got a clue what it might be, but you individually will be passionate about something. You'll want to make a change yourself, but you might feel that you can't do that. And if we can drill down into that and empower people to think, well, even if it's a very small thing, I can do that. And very often they're not small things, they're actually quite big things, but then perhaps think about the next step. But I think connecting people with other people, and this is what's evolved over the years, that I can pretty much say in a workshop, if somebody makes a pledge that probably through my network I can connect them with something that will add some value and social media has been a big part of that and then I think suddenly people feel they don't need to start from a blank sheet and they're not alone and actually the kind of not just relationships and connections but friendships that have come through this work perhaps matching people with an opposite number somewhere else who's got exactly the same problem And that might be within your team or your organisation or anywhere across the country or indeed the world. And that's exciting. And you are, Jill, an absolute network weaver. (laughs) Extraordinaire. That's one of the things that always strikes me about you, the people that you know and you connect together. And I guess that's a good opportunity to come in and say how we connected, really. And you mentioned social media and, and I'm an avid tweeter. So I'd been following along, I think, Who's Shoes and the work you've been doing on Twitter. And I knew particularly you'd done some work around maternity transformation nationally. I'm friends with Sarah Jane Marsh. We did the training scheme together. And so I'd been following, I think I remember watching a singing, some musical, Matex, the musical or something. (laughs) And I thought, oh, this looks really interesting and a a different way of engaging people. And then I finally had the opportunity to talk to you on on a Q community, which is a quality improvement community for the NHS. Lunch and learn about liberating structures. And liberating structures is probably another podcast, but something I'm really interested in. And it's really about how do we include more voices and involve more people And we started talking, I think in a breakout room, about Who's Shoes. And I could see how it chimed with those sorts of ideas around involving more people, hearing more voices. And I guess as a care group, we were trying to think about how we involve parents. 
carers, young people, more in co-designing and developing our services. And we'd done some small change projects. So I remember we had a little project called Talking Together for Change with a group of parents whose young people had been through our autism service to look at what was it like in their shoes and what small things could we do to make a difference. And that, that resulted in small things like, well, we just changed the language of one of our letters and we did that with the parents. But we're looking for more ways for doing that and ways in which participants could feel comfortable and safe and engage. Because I think it's quite scary, isn't it, coming into a workshop? Especially, you know, if you know if you don't work in that service or you don't work in the NHS and with lots of professionals and coming into an event and thinking, well, what's going to be expected of me? And I think equally for professionals, it can be quite difficult to hear some stories and some messages perhaps where we don't always get it right. And that can be really difficult. And it seems to me that Whose Shoes was a really good way of, as you've said, I think, no hierarchy, just people coming together. Because my experience is everyone I come across in, and certainly in the care group, is absolutely passionate about getting things better for children, young people, parents, carers. So it just feels like there was a real synergy and and some of the stuff we were trying to do and Whose Shoes could really help. So I guess that's where it all started. And you came and ran an event for us, didn't you, using some of the scenarios. So I describe it, rightly or wrongly, Jill, I describe whose shoes as like trivial pursuits. So you can have the Harry Potter edition or you could have 90s edition or the 80s edition or sometimes Monopoly. You can get different Monopolies, can't (laughs) you? So it's flexible. So we were looking through the scenarios and the editions, if you like, that already existed The perinatal ones and the early years ones absolutely chimed with some of the work we do. So we held our first event looking at sort of 0 to 2 and how we could join up our services around that age range because we had so many scenarios we could dig into. And I guess now we're looking at, you know, what can we do beyond that? But Rachel, it's probably a really good opportunity to bring you in. You sat there listening to us chat. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about, well, A, who you are, but B, how did you discover Who Shoes and how did you get involved in it? Because I think it was that workshop that we've just mentioned. Thanks, Lise. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Rachel. I'm a professional lead for, for nursing within our targeted services. So I work with lots of services providing varying different elements of care children and families in in their own homes in community settings which is you know it's a privilege to work with so many teams and ultimately I would love to to feel that including as many of those professionals as possible within our who shoes work can make you know make all the difference to our children and families I had certainly heard of the who shoes podcast and listened to a few before the event but I don't think I'd quite connected the dots until I was there so so yeah it was it was fantastic to come along to the event and also I should also mention I went to the event sort of with my mummy hat on as well as my professional hat on because I've got two girls that have got some some additional needs and have been under quite a few of our services as well so I was able to give that insight and it certainly has changed the way that I look at some of our systems and processes since having my own children and and sort of trying to navigate a system I would have thought I knew quite well and actually it's quite different from from a different perspective. One of the interesting sort of analogies I use when I talk about whose shoes is consider everybody sitting around the table is you know is, is looking at a beach ball 
you know, your beach ball with all its, all of its different colours, everyone's looking at the same beach ball, but everyone can see a different colour. And that's the, the key, isn't it, with, with our children and families. Everybody's looking at the same, the same situation, the same set of circumstances, but people are seeing different things. And it's helping us all to, to come together and to, and to really understand that. So, yeah, so we've, um, <laughs> we've become a bit of a Who Shoes on tour, me and my... Uh, I have carry around the Who Shoes board game in the boot of the car, uh, just basically to introduce it to people, to take the mystery out of it. We don't play it everywhere I go, but we get it, you know, I get, I get it out of the box. And if I'm at a face-to-face meeting somewhere, I'll just get a few scenarios out, get the board game out so people can get a bit of a feel for it. Um, and I tend to tell people it's a, it's a conversation starter. You know, it's a tool to start the conversation and then the conversation goes in whichever direction it, it sort of, you know, it wishes almost. So, yeah, I'm quite excited about where we could get to using the game and, and with that real, real co-production, like Jill says, not tick box, you know, not paying lip service, but doing it properly, doing it properly. And we're we're looking at really targeting sort of families that we work with that we know are under lots of our services to just try and explain it a little bit more, not just an email in their inbox, maybe a phone call and a chat about, about the game to see if they would come along and share their experiences to try and really get that rich conversation in the room. Because it's the power of stories, isn't it? And I think, Rachel, you told your story, but I think, Jill, you talk a lot in Who Shoes about the power of stories. And some of the poems and and stories, I think, work as really good conversation starters. Often we go into a workshop and think, well, what's the problem we're trying to solve? But I think starting with the stories and the poems and the scenarios is a really good way into actually working out what is the problem we're trying to solve. Absolutely. And I think if we consider the personalisation that Jill mentioned right at the beginning, the whole reason for Who Shoes, you know, as a paediatric nurse, right from the beginning of your training, we're taught holistic care, we're taught look at the child as a whole, look at the family as a whole. My experience as a as a parent of services is that we don't look at a family as a whole and we don't look at a child as a whole we look at one little one little bit of it and actually very few people will connect the dots in terms of the different elements of care that a child requires and maybe the the whys of that and, and bringing all of that together so I think it, it links absolutely right back to to Jill's very first thoughts you know around designing the game around that personalization that person-centered you know family-centered holistic care which is what we're all striving for. I think one thing that people don't necessarily realise and which is basically what takes all of my time is the kind of care and research and development that goes into writing the actual scenarios and they can end up really, really simple. But I think the thing that is different is that they can sometimes be exactly the elephant in the room. So a scenario can be the problem. So, for example... You might have, I remember one of the very, very early scenarios was a family carer saying, well, it's all very well coming along to these events. I've been to several of them, but then nothing ever changes. So that can come out as an actual scenario without someone having to say that. And then that person might think, well, that's me. And look, they're recognising that. So let's move beyond that. Or, for example, in our maternity work, it might be a midwife saying, well, that's all very well. You want me to do all this extra stuff, but sometimes I don't even get the chance to stop and go to the toilet or have a drink. 
And you can almost see the physical relief in people as they're, what they're thinking inside of themselves comes out and then people are talking about that and what can be different rather than them sort of sitting there bottled up and thinking, well, nobody really understands what the real world is like. You're absolutely right, Jill, and that's part of what I've been trying to do is, you know, reaching out to teams and saying, we know you're really busy, we know you're going to struggle to take this time out, so let me try and explain some of the benefits, how it might look, how it might feel, how the day might go, so then they have a better idea of what they are choosing to take their time out for. And there is such value in it, but it is so very difficult for our clinicians and our, you know, our frontline staff to be able to take that time out. And it's sort of respecting that that's the place that our, you know, our nurses and our professionals are in. So helping them to, to understand the benefit and also are there any ways in which we can support them to be able to take that time out, to be able to then come and join in with events like these? So, yeah, one thing that I scribbled down that I did want to mention was regarding a, a friend of Jill's who's also going to be with us for the event in May. Um, and, we, you know, we feel so uh, so pleased and proud that she's able to join us um, is a lovely lady called Yvonne Newbold, who is the founder of Newbold Hope. Now, I've absolutely so inspired by Yvonne and have been for years and years and I've used her her words within training, you know, in, in my background in our complex care team for some time. And there's a particular YouTube video where she refers to meeting, you know, certain certain professionals in their journey who have gone over and above. And she describes these professionals as people who are swimming against the tide, you know, and, and she does allude to this in the in the more recent tech talk. Um, and I've used this clip for a long time and it kind of resonates with me in, in different ways. There's the the sadness in a way in me that we feel that that person is swimming against the tide um but there's also that that drive to be that person that is swimming against the tide and to enable our nurses and our professionals to be those people that can swim against the tide you know so it's how do we support them to do that and how do we do that ourselves how do we be that that different person how do we swim against the tide so so yeah that again to me these these are all the, the benefits of bringing as many different people into the room with as much diversity as we possibly can. So while we're talking about connections, and I'm really glad you mentioned Yvonne, we nearly got through the whole podcast without mentioning Yvonne. So thanks, Rachel, for bringing her in. And I'm delighted she's going to be with us on the day. And there's so much power in her stories. And I think probably another podcast, I wonder if I could persuade Yvonne to do a podcast with us about her experiences. So much that resonates, I'm sure, with local families the issues that she's encountered and I think your story about swimming against the tide is really important maybe there's a bit of me that's hoping we could change the tide I don't know maybe we could change the tide to swim in a better direction but it also reminds me of another link that Jill made with myself and, and Florence Wilcock who's an obstetrician who's used whose shoes in another context and very much around the, the maternity experience work but that was the conversation I had with Florence, or, or Flo, as Jill calls her, over Christmas, was how do we make time in people's days? Or how do we enable people, give people the permission to come and, and do this and spend the time? And Florence had been thinking about ways to sort of do mini who shoes events or, or, you know, just think about who shoes at the end of a ward round. 
But she also sort of advocated for, you know, trying to find the time out to do it. She said she finds that people find it so sort of restorative, really. And, you know, my mum says a change is as good as a rest. So sometimes it's good to just do something different and think about different things. But it also enables you then to go back, get a bit of your mojo back, I think, sometimes. Get a bit of back of what you brought you into this in the first place. But also, you know, just spark some simple ideas. And I know, Jill, from our first workshop, there was a few ideas that just came from that room that teams have just gone off to do, actually. Nothing to do with naught to two-year-olds, which actually was the focus. So I think looked after children's team that went and had an idea that was sparked from that day. They've taken forward. And one of the physios that was there liked the idea of who shoes so much, you know, that looking at different sides of the beach ball, looking at different types of perspectives. She sort of took that philosophy into supervision sessions to say, OK, now we'll think about this incident or case from the professional's perspective. Right, let's go and sit in another metaphorical chair and think about it from the parent's perspective. So I think, I don't know what the event in May is going to enable. And I think that's the exciting part of it, actually. It'll emerge from the event and it could be a big thing or it could be lots of small things. But actually, sometimes lots of small things make a really big difference. So that's exciting too. So I absolutely recognise those challenges and sometimes wish I had a magic wand. You know, I could stop time or freeze time and allow people to take the time out. But I'm also aware of what taking that time out can enable for people, just in terms of their own resilience, actually, because it's a different thing. It's a different day. It's getting their head into a different space. But also just some of the ideas that it sparks and the connections it sparks, Jill, and and those links, because sometimes that's, as you said earlier, you find someone that solved the problem or, or Jill, you'll know someone that you connect someone to that can solve the problem or help move something forward. And the pledges that come out of the day and and the lemon light bulbs moments, Jill, you'll probably want to tell us what one of those is that come out of the day can be surprising. Yeah, lemon light bulb moments really are, you can see it in people's eyes. It might be a clinician who's used a certain word. You know, it could be something as simple as that. They've used something in their practice. So like Flo, Florence, realised reassurance and she wrote a poem about it and we use it in whose shoes. So her clinical practice was that somebody had come along perhaps you know a mental health problem or a physical problem and Flo knows it's very very normal at that stage of pregnancy and she'd explain that and then she'd write in the notes reassured and she said I never use that word again because I don't know whether that person was reassured that's their perspective my perspective is that I explained it and tried to reassure them that that was normal I think that would be a good lemon light bulb that you suddenly just see something differently and it would be an example like that. I think the other thing to mention, I mean, you've been talking about little things and big things. I mean, to totally inspire people and in terms of, you know, you won't know what will come out of your events, but if the right people go and with the right attitude, there will be things that come from the event. And in Liverpool, it was a new neonatal surgical unit And I think it's like the best story because they were able to submit a business case. This was Alderhey Children's Hospital and Liverpool Women's Hospital. And they set out to work together with a fantastic, another fantastic person, consultant paediatrician, Joanne Minford. 
and they didn't know at the beginning of the work that that's what they were going to end up with or even ask for. But through genuine co-production and listening to people, that emerged and they were able to say, well, look, by listening to our people and the physical distance between the two hospitals and transporting very, very sick babies, actually we need a neonatal surgical unit and it is being built now at Alder Hay Hospital. And it's actually got whose shoes kind of like coloured frontage. Now, I'd like to think that's big, you know, it, it might be subliminal, but that, that's the fact of what's happening. And it's very, very exciting. Or it might be very little things, but of course, for people, the little things are the big things, or they can add up together. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, we talked about crowdsourcing scenarios. Now, depending on the projects we're doing, we're either using existing Hushu's material or with an opportunity to develop more bespoke material. Well, you've got that opportunity at MPFT because we're doing this project. If there are any, you know, by perhaps listening to this podcast and thinking, well, my big beef or my fantastic example of good practice that really I'd like to share. And obviously we want to bring in lots of positive examples so that people are inspired. Let us know. That's a really good point, Jill, isn't it? So uh, going back to my Harry Potter edition and, and my whatever, <laughs> we've got loads of scenarios around perinatal and, and that's what we've already dug into. And, and I know our perinatal team are also running a Who Shoes event, also in May, actually. So this does have ripples. This is our sort of first one in this series of work with you that's a bit more bespoke. And we wanted to go for something that was quite generic so that everyone could get involved and get a taste of whose shoes. Because I think once that's happened, people will start thinking, oh, we could dig a bit deeper in this area or that area. So we've gone for integrating care and, and joining up care around children and young people for our first event. Because I think as a care group, that provides such a wide range of services to young people and families. We provide perinatal mental health and provide health visiting, school nursing. We've got a range of specialist nursing and community nursing, allied health professionals, mental health services for children. And we came together as an organisation in 2018 as a care group, I think around 2019, when I joined the Trust. And that was the challenge, really. How do we bring all of this together and integrate things around families? And we're still on that journey. So for me, it feels like a real topic to dig into. And that's why we've gone to the 24th of May, because no matter where you work in our care group, I think that, you know, something that will resonate around how do we join up care. So that's why we've gone with that particular topic. But as you say, we're really keen to crowdsource scenarios, poems, you know. So if anyone's a budding poet out there and... You know, that's from all of the perspectives we've talked about, isn't it? Professional, parent, carer, young person themselves. I don't know how many young people will listen to this podcast, but it'd be fantastic to get some young people's stories or poems or, or just a little snippet. And also people in power. So, you know, commissioners, people that have got resources, chief executives, executive directors. So, yeah, call to arms to anyone that's got any talent that could uh, contribute to developing this. We're linking in through our involvement team and their email address is involvement at mpft.nhs.uk. So that's a good way to connect in. Obviously, if you work in the trust in, in the care group, you can reach out to myself, to Rachel. We've got some of the Who's Shoes champions sending around a Who's News, which again, 
I think I pinched with pride from another one of your projects, Jill. We didn't come up with that. That was from Kingston. So Florence at Kingston, we got support from the chief executive there to do some Who's Shoes work, very similar really, across the hospital. And a couple of things to mention. So that's where Who's News came from. Somebody called Kate Woollett, who was amazing, who put together, just like you're doing, Lise, now, monthly newsletters to sort of keep the energy alive. And I think what I loved about Kate Grimes was the name of the chief executive. She basically had some key ideas as to what she wanted us to do up front, but also the courage, if you like, or the vision to say, go where the energy is and not to map it all out at the beginning of the project. And I think that's just the same as we're doing with MPFT. And we ended up doing workshops in their main theatres, day theatres, admin, obviously maternity and and so on. But I think co-production is not about having all the answers at the beginning. It's about being open to find out what needs to happen. And I think that's the approach we're trying to take and why we started with something that was very broad, because I really want to explore it and find out where the energy is and, and follow it. So that's another reason I'd like as many people as we can get to our first event in Stafford on the 24th of May, because then we'll find the energy of the room when we're there, the scenarios and the next steps or hopefully will emerge from that. So, yeah, that, that's another reason we're doing this podcast, really, to inform people about it, get people involved, but get ideas and get those lemon light bulbs in other people's heads about wouldn't it be great if we did this for X, Y or Z? And we'd be really up for that. We're growing quite organically and where the energy goes, I think, on this project. And I think be inspired by other people. So we've mentioned in the course of the podcast, Yvonne Newbold. So on my podcast, Wildcard Who's Shoes, I've done an episode with Yvonne. So if you want to hear more about Yvonne's work, you could listen to that one. I've done an episode with Rachel. So, Rachel, mainly with your mummy hat on, wasn't it? Talking about using services. Really lovely conversation, but very powerful. And also we're talking about here involving more young people. One of the episodes is with Aisha Farouk. Now, she's a proper national mover and shaker with the NHS youth team. And listen to Aisha Listen to Daisy McKay, who's also young and became a wheelchair user. It just brings in all sorts of different aspects. But I think there's material out there already that we can build on and people can listen to. Absolutely. And I'm a big fan of a podcast. Listening to them usually rather than recording them. I try and listen to them while I go for a run. It makes the running a bit less painful if I'm listening to something interesting. So I definitely advocate Jill's podcasts. What do we do? Do we put them in the show notes? Is is that what you say on a podcast? It is. I think yeah, it, is. it is. So we'll put them in the show notes <laughs> of the MPFT podcast so you can link through and see some of those connections. I think we're weaving through this work. And yeah, I was trying to get Aisha to come into the care group. She's an amazing young woman. She had an exam on the day we were hoping to get her. And I've still got her email in my inbox. I need to connect back in with her because she launched the core 24 plus five for young people. And I was like, oh, I wanted to, to come and do that for us. And, and she agreed to do it, but it was the day of her exams. So obviously that had to take priority. And I don't know how some of these movers and shakers from the youth forum do it because they're all studying full time and moving and shaking full time. But it's amazing. They're really inspirational young people. Yeah. 
But I'm sure we've got those people in our midst too in Staffordshire. So, you know, if if you're listening to this and you want to get involved, involvement at mpft.nhs.uk, drop them a note and they'll link you into us and they'll, they'll link you into the project. And we'd be excited to work with any partners or, you know, organisations that support young people as well. Be great to connect in with through this work. And sometimes these days there are ways of someone like Aisha or somebody local in Staffordshire, and it's a big county, can't come along on that particular day. Perhaps we could plan in a little couple of minutes video with them talking as part of the event. So for our maternity events, Jackie Dunkley-Bent, the Chief Midwifery Officer, has been incredibly supportive and she's quite regularly sent a little introductory video that we've shown at the beginning and it just makes the event more special. She's done a bespoke video about that particular event, that particular hospital trust or whatever and people feel that yeah we're part of something bigger here you know. Yeah, and it's a good point, isn't it? Because we've agonised a bit about what day of the week to do this on. And it is a school day. So young people are in school, you know, and I don't think the teachers would be very pleased if they didn't go in. And also we did wonder about actually, would the young people want to play a board game with their parents? You know, maybe they want to have a different conversation. So we are we are linking in, I think, via our involvement team with Staffordshire Council for Voluntary Youth Services to think how we do a youth event and see how that goes. I do think part of this, Jill, is whether young people play board games these days, but I'm sure, you know, we can bring it back, bring back the board game. It's still a great way to engage people and have a conversation. And we have done. Maybe it needs to move onto an app. Well, maybe it's an app next. Well, we are working on an app, actually. The Family Integrated Care Project is sort of leading the way on that one. But coming back to Lisa's point, we have done that. So Leeds, I think, have led the way in terms of using Who Shoes, the board game with young people. And again, you know, you talk to them and for whatever reason, they decided without looking at any of the poems that they weren't interested in poems. And they wanted like little wacky statements and little cartoons and things instead of the poems. And we did a really extraordinary event with them around transition. And I think that's something MPFT might look at. The transition from children's services to adult services is a really big deal for children and families. And we're talking about children who perhaps relate to more than one service, several services. So what does that mean if you move from children's services to adult services? Because that might be multiple transitions. And how joined up will that be? So there's loads of things that we could explore. We absolutely could. And I've got so many ideas in my head about where we could use Who Shoes. And I think partner organisations are sick of me saying, we could use Who Shoes for this. So hopefully they'll come along and it'll take some of the mystery about what it is I keep advocating for. But I want to see where the energy is amongst the professionals within the care group and partners, rather than it all be my ideas, really, because because I don't think it'll work if it's just where I think it should go. So hence, starting quite broad and then going where the energy and the people take it really and and hoping we can find ways to make space for this in what I know are are really busy jobs. But I think it's so important to take time out and stop and think. And that's the way we improve services and do it in a really co-produced way. So I think we should probably plug our events. So it's Wednesday, the 24th of May. There is an Eventbrite link to book on. If you get back to that involvement at mpft.nhs.uk, they can send you that out. 
because obviously we will be constrained by the size of the room. Although, Jill, I know serendipitously you say we'll fill whatever seats get put out, but we will have some constraints. It's in a Stafford venue, but as I say, if you contact involvement at mpft.nhs.uk, they'll be able to send you all the information. And I think I should also plug that our perinatal team are using Who Shoes an event in May. So that's on the 3rd of May, 9.30 till 4.30. That's to help them shape specialist community perinatal mental health services. So if that's a topic close to your heart, then again, through involvement at mpft.nhs.uk, they'll be able to signpost you to that registration form and, and tell you more about that. So there's quite a lot of who's shoes bubbling in the care group. And, and maybe, Jill, you know, we'll bring others with us as we go. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. So thank you so much, both of you, for spending this morning with me to talk about this. I'm really excited to see what emerges and develops. And and perhaps we'll do another podcast after our event to feed back to listeners how it went.